This is the Edumatch Podcast Network, bringing you amazing educators sharing their love of learning one show at a time. The Edumatch Podcast Network is proud to support this show and many others. Find out more at edumatchpn.com. The ideas and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of the individual podcaster. This is TLC Ninja, a podcast for teachers by teachers about classroom innovation. And we are back. Yes, we are. We were on a little bit of a hiatus there, but we are back and we are so excited to be here. We have an amazing guest today. So welcome. And this is episode 123 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I'm Lisa Nowakowski and I'm a technology coach in South Monterey County here in California. And I'm Nancy Minicozzi, an instructional technology coach in Beverly Hills, California. Just a reminder, if you've forgotten, we have a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. No, we don't, but we are back with yet another coffee fact for you. So did you know that the way you grind your beans determines your coffee's strength and flavor? In general, more finely ground beans will give you a more concentrated taste, but you need to take all of your brewing equipment into account. You know, when you're doing that. So for example, the extra, extra, extra fine that you get is only for espresso. So today, I said we had an amazing guest. Our guest is Valerie Sun, and she will be talking to us about reimagining education. I know we've all been reimagining it in our heads uh, over the last 15 months or so. So Valerie, go ahead, um, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, uh, who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. My name is Valerie, and I am a teacher specialist in EdTech and Info Services in Glendale, California. I am also a teacher trainer with the World Language Project, where I get to work with dual immersion teachers and world languages teachers, which is like the heart of my whole being. Um, I'm a part-time faculty at Cal State LA as well in the Educational Leadership Doctoral Program. And I've been an educator for the past 15 years. Um, sometimes it feels a little longer. Sometimes it feels like I just got started, but you know, it is what it is. And it's just super fun to, it's challenging, but fun and filled with love and passion for education right now, especially with this past year. Very well said. Yes. I'm sure like the past year, everybody feels like, um, We've, we've, we've actually gained not just one year of education under our belts, but many just with all the changes that have happened this year. So we are so happy that you are here and kicking us off again after our hiatus. So looking at the upcoming school year in 21-22, I can't believe that it's already 21-22 school year. We're thinking about what changes would you like to see in education? I mean, I think we've all asked this question of ourselves a lot, but we would love to hear your thoughts. Well, I think with everything going on right now, we're realizing that not every child, not every lesson needs to be in person face-to-face, right? Even adults who are really hesitant about distance learning or learning online, they're like, oh, you know what? This isn't so bad. And I can learn asynchronously. Um, So I am hoping that maybe there could be more of a blend of some sort with that, even with our K-12 students. You know, maybe the idea is that there is, for the teachers who weren't using small group instruction because they were always afraid of like, well, what are the other kids gonna be doing, the, the group that I'm not working with or 
you know, they now know well how to organize this asynchronous work. So then it could be more organized asynchronous work for their students where, you know, it's like, I now know how to put voice in my Google Slides, or I am now a really good user of Pear Deck or Nearpod, or I now know how to use Seesaw really well. So I am able to organize these things for my small group students and really just embrace that differentiation factor that can happen now with in-person but asynchronous learning. With everything that is going on also in our curriculum and our government passing different laws here and there were different states passing laws, um, I hope maybe there is a focus on anti-racist curriculum or a socially just curriculum. Everybody keeps throwing this word equity around. It's like the new buzzword but can we actually talk about what it really means to provide equitable education for everyone, right? Um, and I'm thinking just in terms of anti-racist curricula, how do we make everyone feel included as well um, and not make you know, certain groups of people feel like they're being ousted for things that have happened systemically? That's, that's a really good point. Yes, um, in my district, we're currently giving a survey to our third through eighth grade students. We're a K-8 district. And one of the things that we have been asking is, you know, what did you like about this? Um, some of the answers are hysterical. Nothing, nothing, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then there were some really good ones that came up about, you know, they weren't being bullied. They weren't stuck with the same group of kids again and again and again. And it was very freeing for um, some students, um, you know, and there's also, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, we also have, you know, with the last year, you know, building student agency and teachers, you know, consistently in the past have been but first graders can't do that. You don't understand what it's like with first graders on computers. Well, first graders on computers, they have been doing splitting their screen. They've been, you know, copying and pasting and using keyboard shortcuts and all of the things that they can do, they can do it. And it's so nice. And Nancy also says that um, she has a diversity, uh, equity, inclusion initiative but it's just getting started. So that's great to hear that some, um, some districts are starting to do that. Um, so, but realistically, and, and you did say, you know, the equity, I, I wanna throw in the SEL, cause I think that's another um, interesting buzzword that's out there as well. And I don't know if we're actually doing it as much justice as we'd like, but what are some realistic changes that we might be able to see as we move forward? Well, I hope every single district is has finally decided to go one-to-one, -one, right? I think almost every kid has a Chromebook now. In my district, there are some kids, like the kinders up to second graders, they each actually could have up to three devices, one that they use at home when they're not, because we have an AB model currently where they're only at school for two days out of the week, but then some kids who need, or for some parents who do need all five days, um, some of those students are in what we call tech pods. So they are still in class, not necessarily with their teacher in the classroom, but they're connected on Zoom with their teacher. And they also have a device at home just in case they need to use a device at home outside of school. You know, so there's definitely a lot of devices all around. And so I really hope that 
districts will decide to fully implement a blended model of learning where it's not just computer lab time. Like boys and girls, we have our one hour of computer lab. Or AR. <laughs> for, for, for AR or for iReady testing for, you know, for let's go on Starfall for the, <laughs> for the hour, right? Let's do our code.org during that time. Um, I hope there is this truly blended idea where students can be on their devices, whether it's at the kindergarten level or it's at the high school level or junior high level, whichever level that is appropriate for our students. I'm like, oh, you know what? You know, we're gonna go on Seesaw right now to take care of this. Maybe more teachers will take on coding this time around, you know? Or maybe our teachers could get a little adventurous too and jump on Minecraft and integrate Minecraft into the classroom. Like how cool would that be to, you know, play in the world, play in the virtual world with our students? And then I think it was like four or five years ago when I realized that I've gotten really comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think this past year, all of us really got uncomfortable with the uncomfortable, but found some sort of comfort or saw that we could have some form of routine in our discomfort, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe we can take that discomfort in learning that we feel into our classrooms as well, because maybe that's how some of our students feel all the time when they're learning new concepts. And so now we... Like we've been put in the hot seat with them in a, but in like a different way and really just like take on the challenge. Like, oh yeah, I want to try a new tool. I'm a little scared, but I know I could do it. So, you know, take that forgiveness that our students are also always so willing to give and really go and try new things. I love that. And kind of piggybacking on that, um, my district last year decided we needed tech TOSAs or coaches. So if you're not from California, we call them TOSAs, um, teacher on special assignment, but we're just, they're just tech coaches that come in and help. Um, some of our teachers have really taken advantage of it and are just all in and have the, you know, have us come in, um, and, and work with them with those things that they're uncomfortable with to help them get comfortable. So it's been a really, um, really good thing. <laughs> there are going to be some, I know that looks like the one, the one great thing that came out of this whole COVID thing. Otherwise we probably would have not had tech coaches this year. That's um, actually how I got my job back. <laughs> 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 because I had left my district a few years ago to finish my doctorate. And then I wasn't, didn't know if I wanted to go back yet. And then four years passed by. And then my colleague was like, Val, we're hiring for Tectosas or for teacher specialists. You want to come back? And I was like, yes, but I had to go through the whole interview process. But I'm, I mean, it's because of COVID. That's how I got this position back at my school district. Yay. Okay. See, there are silver linings to COVID. Um, yes. So um, any of these, can you see any of these curricular changes happening? I know there's going to be textbook companies that are going to be like, buy our fill in the blank, buy our social justice, buy our SEL. But do you think, um, what, what do you see happening in these curricular changes? I think there needs to be a push for continuous professional development. Um, I mean, I think all of us have read the research that the one-time PD, the 
the one shot wonder is not a one shot wonder and we need that continuous coaching. So hopefully more districts will start bringing back their coaches, whether it's a tech coach, an ELA coach, an ELD coach, a math coach, you know, to really help the teachers develop their craft and not have to depend so much on these box curricular items. I mean, with you, with math reps, right? And John Carippo and Marlena with their edu protocols, I feel like there are so many things at our fingertips and our students aren't gonna be getting box curriculum for the rest of their life. You know, they do need those research skills and they do need those writing skills and technology skills. And so if we can teach our teachers to be uncomfortable in finding that, in letting go a little bit of the control that we like to have so much in our classrooms, maybe we could start seeing more holistic grading and holistic growth with our students. You know, (laughs) I love that the holistic, the holistic grading and holistic growth. Yeah, because I, one of the mothers that I was speaking to the other day, she was just like, now standardized. Well, she's also against standardized testing. She was like, standardized testing only tells us how students are doing on standardized tests. It doesn't tell us how they are as a human being, how they are as a citizen, how they are as a student, or, you know, like how they are as a whole child, right? It's just that one snapshot or snapshot of the child during those two, three, four, five days that they're testing, depending on how long they take. So, you know, if we can really embrace this idea of using the internet that is at our fingertips, the world that is at our fingertips to help our students explore the passions that they have. That would be really cool. Like, but we need PD for it. I'm not (laughs) like, not every single teacher is ready to go out and do that. Right. Right. Some of us did grow up teaching like when No Child Left Behind started. I think that was when I, like I started a few years right after that. So it was like, here's a curriculum. Here's your pacing guide. Here's what you got to do A through Z, you know? So And it wasn't until three years in that I was like, ooh, I really don't like this pacing guide. And I see my students developing differently and growing differently. And I'm also one who never follows a recipe in terms of cooking. So in following a book, like word by word, where they're like, teacher, read this. Students could answer these following ways. That really didn't sit well with me. So, you know, but there are some teachers who love that. And there is nothing wrong with loving it because it does set your expectations, right? But, you know, we need professional development on that in what is good material and how can we adapt this for our students to use. Thank you. And you have such a, I love like watching you on Twitter and and things (laughs) like that. Um, But that our timer did go off. So that 15 minutes always goes by so quickly. So thank you so much, Valerie, for being here. Um, So to our listeners, thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the show and love having us back, please leave us a comment to let us know. Our comment question for today is, what are some changes from this past year that you will keep moving forward into this next school year? Are you going to bring in more social justice? Are you going to keep meaningful SEL? Uh, What is it that you're going to do? And yeah, thank you, Val. This was great. And I have to say, we've been doing one-to-one coaching, ongoing coaching in my district this year, and the results have been phenomenal. The teachers have really enjoyed that continued 
support as they implement things where they might have been uncomfortable and unable to implement on their own. So I agree with you. The professional development cannot be over, the need for it cannot be overstated. There we go. Anyway, um, thank you to everybody who's listening. Don't forget to subscribe to hear about more easy ways for you to innovate in your classroom. Please help other people find us by rating and leaving a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if you would like to be a guest on the show or know somebody we should have on, please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form to let us know. Thank you.